You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning. Welcome in to a cold Tuesday edition of Inside the Locker Room. 205-342-9904 is the phone number you want to get in to discuss the game that we watched last night. Uh, disappointing uh, into uh, what was really a great season uh, for Alabama football. Before we get started, though, if you want to give us a follow on the X accounts at Barry Sanderson, at Wimp Sanderson 1, and at Locker Room 109. Also, the email address for their show is wimpandberry at yahoo.com. And download that Tide 100.9 app. When you have that app on the phone, uh, you can be anywhere in the world and you can listen to any of the shows here on Tide 100.9 or uh, 1230 ABC, WTBC on the AM dial. Before we get started, though, we want to thank Yellowwood, Great Southern Woods, one of our great sponsors uh, throughout this 7 o'clock hour. If it has to last, it has to be tough. Extend the elements year after year. When it comes to building outdoors, it doesn't come any tougher than Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine from Great Southern Wood. For the project that stands up against Mother Nature's best, be sure to head on down to your local dealer for Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. The lumber, lumber that protects against rot, fungal decay, and termite attack. Get only the best for your next backyard project. And always remember... If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want to struggle a little bit this morning. We got Justin behind the glass. He'll be getting you in and out with us this morning. We got, uh, Kevin Skarbinski at 7.30 and Doug Bell at 8.15. I hadn't even looked at Doug's picks yet, but I know you went one and one on your blue plate, but you lost by half a point. Uh, wow. Uh, good morning. How are you this morning? Uh, doing okay, Barry. Uh, tough game last night and a 27 to 20 loss. Uh, let me let me say this to our listeners: No one play lost the game. Uh, for the entire for the entire game, Alabama could not stop Blake Corum, who doesn't look like a great runner. Never has looked like a great runner, but they got to the open side of the field time after time after time with their sets, and uh, that that's what really was very costly to Alabama was, was the defense. On the last play of the game, your lead blocker did not block at all. And um, so, you know, people will go down the history of that play. But the, the whole game was was Blake Corum doing the job, and everything was about the same. So uh, I want to certainly t- say to, to Will Rucker, who uh, is an absolute great player at Alabama, great kicker, who did what he did, and the pressure that he had, and the holder as well, was unbelievably great. Uh, don't ever forget him, and don't ever – don't ever pass him by because you think kicking is not important because it's uh, it's half a touchdown. So anyway, a tough loss there. Um, and I, I mentioned what happened there. Uh, Pinnacott ran for or, or went four and thirty yards of the pass uh, for Washington. Came down. To, I watched the last part of the game. It came down. Looked like it. Uh, they finally put one second on the clock for another play. Caught out of bounds. So I, I dropped it actually. And a great win for a team that nobody thinks is going to win any games ever. 
uh, Washington. Actually, Penning probably should have been the maybe should have been the Heisman Trophy winner. When you get it in Washington, you get a bunch of votes. You don't vote for people in Washington as much as you do for people in the SEC. Anyway, that's what happened there. I wanted I wanted to mention that uh, in a very very tough loss there. He had two touchdowns and it was twenty nine for thirty eight. Uh, in his passing against uh, the Texas team. Dallas Turner uh, decided that he would go uh, announce that he is going to go pro after the game. It's not any big surprise there. Uh, next Monday night, we will have uh, we'll play. they will play for the national championship with Michigan, of course, against, um, against Washington. Uh, I won't do it now because it's, it's not of interest if, as of right now, but if we're in the second hour, We'll mention that the SEC did win all their non-conference games. Alabama won, and Auburn, Auburn beat Chattanooga. Alabama won the game in in uh, in uh, Birmingham. Uh, Connecticut, uh, Arizona struggled struggled some over their for their season. So that's about it. Um, the season for basketball will start Saturday. And uh, Alabama will go to Vanderbilt, which is, is a good opening for Alabama, I think. And Auburn will have to go to Arkansas, which probably is a pretty tough opening for them. And last but not least, Charles Kelly, who, who Jimmy Rain told me one time, thought he was terrific, uh, has left uh, Colorado and is going to Auburn. He's a very, very fine recruiter, recruited a lot of players. And he's moving into, into Auburn, the defense is in the field. And Wesley, uh, Wesley uh, Griff is, is going to Texas A&M. That's all I have, Bay. All right. Uh, i got several notes there. Um, and, Justin, you feel free to chime in uh, any time. Um, basically, the last play of the game, it's basically a, it's a two-point conversion. Uh, and so you got to have, I guess, several plays that you're comfortable with. If we get this position, I, I would hope Alabama does. Uh they come out the first time, and I guess Michigan calls timeout, and they come out, the, or Alabama did. They didn't like, I can't remember Big which time one. timeout. There was two timeouts called. I can't, who yeah. called the first one? Was it Michigan or Alabama? Michigan, Michigan called, called the first one. I thought Alabama called the next one um, because they didn't like what they saw uh, there. But according to Coach Saban, they had three different plays called. So are you telling me every time there was a timeout called, the play changed? Probably. Uh, um to me, I, I would think you got to have a couple plays. It's like I know uh, when you were coaching Alabama, and it was a last possession. You were going if it was they were in man, you were going to run a play called guard back uh, because you felt like you could get a bucket out of that. Um, it just seemed like to me that Michigan beat Alabama on fourth down. When they had a fourth down, you didn't think you were going to stop them. And when we had a fourth down, you know, they converted just about every thing. They had wow. plays that they out-schemed us in the, on fourth down. Yeah, they um, did it, yeah. And, I, and you know the funny thing about it, Barry, as you, as you watch Blake Corum play and as you watch him run, you don't think much about it. I mean, he, you know, he, but he, he, he gets hit in the shoulders, but he, he spins out. Uh, and that one play that, that, uh, we didn't execute did not cost us the game. We cost us the game was we could stop Blake Curham all day, Curham all day. And you're exactly right. I thought they schemed us. I thought they schemed us offensively a bit, as good as anybody schemed us all year. And, and defense just, just couldn't get to him. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like, and you guys, 
beginning of the game, uh, they, they had our number, like they sacked Milroe. They, they were ready. And then when they got the ball, they went right down the field. Uh, the reason we scored was because the guy muffed the punt, but they went right down the field. So you, they had some, some, I guess scripted stuff that they felt like would hurt us. And then the second half, um, I felt like we, uh, made great adjustments. We're rolling, man. Justice Haynes. Wow. What a freshman running back. He is rolling. And then the snaps killed that drive. But I thought the initial part of the game, Michigan gained a ton of confidence because what they were doing was extreme, was working really well. And then, when we got, we're about to get our confidence there in the, that third quarter, those snaps on that first drive, because we were drop running it right no down reason, the throat. No reason for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think those were the, you go talk about the last play, but, uh, and I'm going to keep playing. That snap really on the last play was not actually that bad. It wasn't great. It was a little bit low, but I think that play was designed to go right up the middle. Uh, I think that's yeah. what people say. Lead blocker didn't block according yeah. to everybody. Yeah, so anyway, I just, and you're right about Will Reichert, and I know he, he, um, has a scholarship, player. but I cannot believe that people try to get kickers as preferred walk-ons. Like, you got it. I mean, that is, I have a touchdown. I mean, that kick he made to put the, oh my goodness. Two of them. Yeah. Two fifties. Uh, so what, what a, what a career he had. Well, uh, people, you know, when you do something over and over and over correct, the way he the way he has done it, people just take things for granted, and they don't they don't appreciate the guy as much. I think. Yeah, so I I don't know if that was our is that our best two point play like that we had. Uh, if did we really change the play three times off a of timeout? That means you didn't have something. New. And I guess you do look at the defense and uh, you know you decide what will work or whatever. But I don't know if that snap. On that play was, now the snaps during the game were terrible, uh, but I don't know on that particular play that the snap cost them, um, I like the that, snaps, yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I think that play was designed just to We go. just had a, and you know, if you want to just, if you want to just be honest about it, they, they schemed us so, as Barry's mentioned, they schemed us so well offensively. Yeah. And either they go to one side of the field and to the other side of the field. Um, not necessarily with great knocking, knock you down running backs. But Blake uh, Corum is is a booger bear. You for some reason, and he, I, he doesn't impress you at all. But but you look up the booger bears in the in the in the end zone. So I I, I thought the play when they muffed the punt there went. It was at no. least worth reviewing. Yeah. Uh, why no. did they not even review it? Or maybe they did and felt like, you know, I know the momentum. He was on the one. I get that. And momentum carried him back in the end zone. But in a game that important, don't you have to stop and review that? Or was yeah. it just so obvious that it wasn't a safety? I thought it was worth reviewing. Did you guys think it was worth reviewing? I, I thought it, I, I thought it was a situation where you just, where you just absolutely rushed, rush them there after that. I mean, you try to kill them. Well, I'm saying, yeah, but they and they actually lined up in the shotgun in the end zone. That takes oh, a lot no. of courage as well. What, yeah. Is that reviewable? I Justin? think it, it was reviewable. I I, I think it's here or there that they didn't review it because we do know that I think they would have reviewed it and it would have been the right outcome because the ball was on the one and he got not back into the end zone. So is where the ball was forward progress is what oh, they were. What, a, what an opportunity that was! Right there. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, you talk about. 
one yard, one yard there, uh, and then they come out of there. Their fourth down plays, they were wide open. They, they knew yeah. exactly where they were going. And uh, All right, we got a couple phone calls or one holding here. We'll get to break. We'll get to Philip when we get back. Royal Cleaners, they want to make your life easy. They'll, school's getting ready to start back, and you're going to be as busy as you've been during the holidays. So they'll come right to you, pick up all the cleaning, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back. Just dial 205 391 Zero zero three four. If you need to drop off University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, Northport, or forty eight fifty one Rice Mine Road. For all your cleaning needs, Royal is the only choice. Two zero five three nine one zero zero three four. Tide one hundred point nine traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We had a small problem on McFarland Boulevard for a few minutes this morning. Broken down vehicle in the right lane westbound McFarland at Hargrove. That scene is now cleared. Right lane is back open and it never caused much of a backup there anyway. In fact, the entire drive across McFarland from Coker through Lurling Wallace and down to the I-20 interchange is continuing to move well with no big problems along the way. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Tuesday morning. The drought continues to cross West Alabama with the National Drought Center labeling the entire area, except for Hale and Perry counties, in severe drought. Those two counties are in moderate drought. While there may be showers Wednesday, a dynamic weather system this weekend should bring one to two inches of rainfall, further pushing back the dry conditions. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, sports, and weather coverage throughout the day. It's absolutely Absolutely free. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky today, Tuscaloosa side 51. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 32. Tomorrow, cloudy and colder. Some light rain at times during the day, the high 42. And for Thursday, mostly sunny, the high 51. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 27 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. You know, I've... Let's just be honest. Michigan was better than we all thought they were. Uh, at the end of the day, you can talk about the Big Ten. They didn't play anybody, but those suckers are tough. Uh, you <laughs> God, trying to play quarterback against them? Whew. Uh, they will. They will pop you. We don't think Yellowwood pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me, guys, you don't want it. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. I right, get to the Yellowwood hotline. Get Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy New Year. And that was that one's going to sting for a while. Last night, that was that was tough. Uh, but Barry, you're right. I thought Michigan played a a very sound game for the most part. They they weren't perfect. Not a kicking, kicking game. Out. Kicking game was bad, but other than that, they were solid all the way around. Yeah, yeah, they were solid, and but, but they tried to help us out, and um, and Alabama just couldn't finish it off. But Michigan was very good. I thought they were uh, very aggressive. It took Alabama forever to adjust to their blitz packages, um, and, and not not only was Alabama in third and long a lot last night, but they were they would be in a, a second and long just about all night, just about all night they were in second down and long, and then of course the penalties and all that and the bad snaps, you know, third and long was 
just consistently. Well, they improved the second half there, but uh, they certainly the first half they really struggled. Right, um, but that's the first game I think that I, I can ever remember where where the where the center to quarterback exchange went on uh, a problem went on as long as it did because um, there were a lot of times where where Milroy would have to dip down to catch the ball and, and he he was so focused on that that I thought it did mess up his timing on on many many plays. Yeah. Um, Sure, and it, it was just a very frustrating thing, you know, to to see going on all night. And which leads me to this question: uh, What was was Darian Dalcourt injured and unavailable for action, or was he, or they just decided to go with Seth? I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Just, have you heard anything on that about uh, the center position there? No, I've not heard anything either, and I'm asking the same question that Philip is. Um, but really, it's not even that I'm asking it about last night. I was asking this, as were other people, and I'm sure, Philip, you probably were too. Uh, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, we were struggling with snaps then, and it's still a problem. Yeah. Well, I, I know that at some point, Dalcourt had an injury, but it's been a while. But I just was wondering if, if that was something that kept him from uh, dressing out or seeing action last night because I certainly didn't hear his name mentioned uh, about that. But and also in, in overtime, the play that Melrose ran where he got snuffed out, uh, he caught that ball on about the nine yard line yeah. and just went barreling up the middle. I mean, uh, God, man, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I just don't. I didn't. I didn't like our play calls there in overtime. I mean, it's, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback now on that. But, right. but did you ever think you were going to stop Michigan when they got that ball in overtime? I mean. Well, no, no, I, I certainly did not. I felt like Alabama would stop them in regulation, though. Yeah. And uh, and I felt like Alabama would, would win the game with their defense right there. Uh, the Melrose fumble was so costly. God, that was so costly. And, I mean, you could just make a list pretty quickly of about 13 or 14 things that, that went wrong that, that affected the game. But, for the, but, but really, number one, Michigan outplayed Alabama. Yeah, they did. I, I, uh, I want to give Coach Saber a lot of credit to have the guts to play that freshman running back, Haynes. Uh, wow, what a player. Uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, he hardly played all year, and you put you got him in there to start the second half, and he is, I think he banged his ankle there and went out, but they had the bad stuff. But he was running the ball down their throat. Uh, this kid is going to be phenomenal, and I'm sure those little plays that he got there will obviously keep him out of the transfer portal. Man, that, you do not want to lose that kid. He looked uh, phenomenal to me. Your thoughts, what you saw with Haynes there, Philip? Oh, I, I agree with you. And I was, I was wishing he could have played a lot more during the course of the regular season. And I, you know, I hope he sticks around. Yeah, I think he will. Yeah, I, I think he will. Yeah, I think he will. Um, yeah. let, let me ask you something else before I slide out of here, if you, if you don't mind. Should Alabama have possibly considered going for it on that fourth and four late in the game? That. Oh, I think I think it's uh, so costly for you if you don't make it. I think it's it's a question that you could do it. Uh, Lane Kiffin probably would have done it, um, but I think it's 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 a gamble deal, and um, I don't know the answer to that. Yes, if they could have made it, sure. Um, 
the thing that you you're talking about and Barry's talking about as well is uh, defensively they they out schemed us offensively and and for whatever reason I'm gonna say his name one more time Blake Corum is hard to defend and he he got in the oh, open yeah. side that 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 cost us dearly we don't we all go back and look at that one play and yes the plays plays are changed after the timeouts they are changed uh, but the lead block by God the lead lead blocker didn't block. <laughs> That quarterback, uh, three touchdowns, he's tough too. Uh, that's a tough yeah. football team. Uh, really, really tough. I think hey, we underestimated hey. them a little bit. I know I did. Uh, yeah, Barry, I know our fan base underestimated Michigan badly. I know the fan base did. Sure. Do you think, do you think the players did to an extent? Uh, I don't think the players no. probably did, but I do think that they, uh, they confused our players with their blitz packages. Uh, and they didn't know where they were coming from. We had nobody to block those guys uh, several times, and they got right to the quarterback there. So I, I think they, you know, until you get out there and start playing, you can watch film. Until you see these, you know, I watch a lot of film. and But when I get to the game and I can see these guys in person, sometimes guys don't look quite as big or as fast, or they look faster on film than you see them in person. I would say our players would probably say that, their players were better than they thought, uh, than what they saw on film. Would you, would you guys agree to that? Uh, <laughs> it, they look fast, they look physical, and they look, they look tough. And our kids played well also, but, uh, I thought Michigan was pretty good. They were, they were. Hey, hey, I appreciate y'all taking my call. And I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting myself organized for a, a Northridge basketball game. Right. I'll be up there soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Phil. Um, I don't know. What do you think about uh, Michigan's quarterback there, Dad? Uh, good, not great, but um, I thought I thought the defensive line of Alabama got their hands up and deflected a lot of it, but uh, you know stayed in there with it. Um, he's not going to impress you doing anything particularly, but uh, enough plays to to. Uh, and I thought the offensive coordinator did a good job of calling stuff. Uh, for him, uh, to where it was, it, it, it was a head scratcher for me. The, the way they opened opened it up time and time again, the opening up uh, of that happened at, at the Georgia game. But Alabama got straight, pretty much straight. But uh, where Georgia threw it wide, don't go on. Uh, Michigan ran it wide, and Blake uh, was a lot terrific. And JJ McCarthy, uh, seventeen for twenty seven. 221 yards, three touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. Uh, Blake Corum, 19 carries, uh, for 83 yards, uh, long of 21. Jason McClellan, 14 carries. He played really well as well. 14 carries, 87 yards. But Haynes, the guy I'm talking about, four carries, 31 yards. Yeah, he was uh, really good. Yeah, yeah, and I know people are not interested in this, but I, I watched the last part of the Washington game and what a game it was. Um, Texas was coming back and, as they but moving down the field about to, about to score on them to they're gonna win kick the field kick the extra point they're gonna they're gonna win the game. And they throw up five seconds on the clock. They throw a pass that's in, that's not, and they're right there and they're ready to score. And uh, the the officials met and decided one one official held up one finger for one second on the clock. <laughs> hmm. um, and it. Uh, um, you know, Greg and them called, uh, Michael called the game. Um, the one, it, it was, 
it would have been a killer, and then and they threw it, and the guy he threw it, the guy I think was out of bounds and dropped the ball. But they were on a big comeback. But uh, I know nobody interested in this. But Washington is is a very underrated team. They're, those Booker Bears are tough, and Pinnock was terrific. I mean, he he was absolutely terrific. He, he you look back at it, you think about Heisman Trophy winners. He was second in the voting, and could have very easily been first. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will take the break here. We'll get to, uh, Kevin Skarbinski when we get back. Two men in a truck. They're at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go as you start preparation for this move. It's local, out of town, out of state. You can get your boxes, your packing supplies, everything right there at 1330 Martin Road East. Looking for a local move out of town, out of state. That's the professionals and they'll take great care of you and your stuff. Give them a call today. It's 205. 205- Two four seven five zero five zero. That is two men in a truck. Movers who care. Tide one hundred point nine traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We had a small problem on McFarland Boulevard for a few minutes this morning. Broken down vehicle in the right lane westbound McFarland at Hargrove. That scene is now cleared. Right lane is back open and it never caused much of a backup there anyway. In fact, the entire drive across McFarland from Coker through Lurling Wallace and down to the I-20 interchange is continuing to move well with no big problems along the way. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Now is the you're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Pressure to define from Great Southern. If it doesn't have a yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. I go up to the Yellowwood Hotline. He's with AL.com, right for the Birmingham lead. Also uh, with the Coach Safety Program. Joins us every Tuesday, Kevin Skarbinski. Good morning, Kevin. Happy New Year. How are you, sir? Morning. Good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Good up. Um, I guess we'll talk football first. Uh, your impressions of... Uh, Certainly, my impression was that uh, Michigan did a terrific job overall out scheming Alabama pretty much on the offensive end to where the defense struggled a little bit. But we're having you on, not me. Go ahead. Well, that's a pretty good assessment, I'd say. (laughs) And they they prepared very, very well for what Alabama had done, particularly the second half of the season. I thought Michigan's plan, really both both sides of the ball, but especially their defensive plan against Alabama's offense was was very very good. And then I thought just their personnel was better than I believed it was. You know, I hadn't watched a lot of Michigan football throughout the year. Watched certain games, of course, like the Ohio State game, but. They they were better individually in individual matchups. You know their linebackers were terrific. They they created all kinds of havoc with Alabama's offensive front, both from a scheme standpoint and just from a personnel standpoint. And and I just thought they were the I thought they were the more physical and tougher team to be honest. Well, they beat Washington. Wow, that's a tough one. I hadn't really. I mean, I watched the. 
the Washington Texas game. That was a that was a terrific game. I mean, you can't first of all you can't ask for better than no. to have both semifinal games go to the very last play right. before they're decided. I mean, that was terrific drama yesterday. It wasn't great football necessarily. And there was it was awfully the Alabama Michigan game was awfully sloppy. Um, obviously, missed a lot of mistakes uh, by both teams, but just from a dramatic standpoint and from teams playing hard and with passion, it was. I mean, that was special. That was a special day for college football. I don't know, Michigan. You know, they're they're very different teams. Obviously, you know, and I don't think people appreciate. I think Washington gets maybe a label as a pretty team because the way they throw the ball all over the place, the way Michael Penix is, I'm not sure there's a better football player in America than Michael Penix, the quarterback for Washington. The more I've watched him later in the season, the two, the the two games against Oregon this year. And then last night, he is so good putting the ball in incredibly tight windows on a consistent basis. And then just having the presence of mind of knowing when to escape. He doesn't run a lot. I was so impressed with him. But there's, there is something about this Michigan team. And they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They played with a chip on their shoulder yesterday. And they're probably not going to lose that in the next week's time. So I don't know. I'd have, I haven't really studied it, uh, to be honest. But I think that has the potential to be a terrific championship game. Yeah. Um, Tommy Reese, uh, people loved him. I mean, it's amazing, uh, how people change their opinions on you, uh, from play to play. It's almost embarrassing. Uh, but Kevin, you get down to that last play. It's basically, it's a two point conversions where you are. You got to have two mm-hmm. or three plays that you feel comfortable with. I know when Michigan had a fourth down, they had some plays that they really felt like would work and they did. And, and they really worked. Mm-hmm. Alabama, there were two timeouts there. Nick Saban said they had three different plays called, I guess, because the two timeouts. That tells me they didn't have a play they were really that comfortable with. Um, I don't think the snap actually on that last play was that bad. I think Milro may have panicked. It just took up off the middle. If you look at some of the, Photos and all, he will, it was open on the left side if he would take it to the left there. But, uh, those are things I'm sure they practice all the time. Two point plays there, but it looked like Michigan was much better coached and, and executed much better on fourth down than Alabama did, which I thought was a difference in the game. Yeah. Well, that was a fascinating sequence of, uh, that was a chess match, obviously. Sure. And, and I thought, and again, this is just where more Michigan just out prepared, maybe out schemed Alabama, maybe out prepared them. The Michigan defensive coordinator said after the game on that sequence that sometimes that you'll call timeout in a situation like that, which they did after, you know, when Alabama lined up at first for the, for the final play in overtime. And sometimes you'll call a timeout just to get that team to change the play because you yeah. you gotta believe they're coming out in their best play. Yeah, right. That's I mean that's your your that season's on the line. Yeah, yes, your season is on the line. So you're gonna put your best play out there for that situation. And the other team maybe maybe they schemed it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they knew knew what Alabama was gonna run there. Maybe they didn't. But by calling timeout. 
now you have Alabama thinking, well, maybe they know what we're going to do here. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we got to go to a different play. So immediately you've won that battle mentally because you've gotten Alabama out of its best play. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I thought hard. that was fascinating to, uh, from, from Minter, the Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator for Michigan, right, right there. So that, that's a victory for Michigan. And, and so, uh, and then Alabama didn't like the, the, the matchup on the second one and they call a timeout. So now, now you're really down to your third best play, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it. Uh, so, and, and even there, and this will be second guessed. And, and even I, I've, I saw so many people that just got this wrong on 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 Twitter. I mean, Alabama said it after the game. Saban said it. One of the offensive linemen said it. That that was a designed run. It was not an RPO. Mm-hmm. It was, but it wasn't designed to go where it went. And I think in the heat of the moment, after the bad snap, and I think uh, you know this is. Not the first time it's happened this year. Obviously, the bad snaps were a consistent problem throughout the year. And and they reared their head at the worst possible time. But I think that it bothered Jalen Milrow. Those snaps, you could see it. There was a time or two during the game that he just seemed really upset with Seth McLaughlin. And, and in that situation, I mean, there's already all the pressure in the world on you because you know you make this player, your season's over. And, and that snap, he did, he, you know, again, I, I don't know if panicked is the right word, but I think he abandoned the plan, if you will. Yeah. And if you go back and watch it, as you said, Barry, they, you know, they pull the right guard to the left edge. They have the left, the left side of the line, the tight end, they pin down, they block down, then you bring the puller, pulling guard. And if he goes that way, it looks to me like, Credit to Michigan for their scheme. Number zero was was kind of set wide for Michigan to prevent, you know, a swing pass or a, a maybe an RPO. And it would have been, it would have really been, it looked like it would have come down to a one-on-one situation. Could zero get back into the hole or could Milro get through there quicker than he could make the tackle or maybe run through a tackle? But we'll never know, of course, because of what happened happened. Yeah. Uh, you take... The one play at Auburn that got you into that game and that one play there to end your season. Those plays right there will go down in uh, history. At well, the fumble at the goal line uh, was a big play as well for Alabama to, to get something done down there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, there are so many. <clears throat> That's why it's, you know, we all make judgments as, as fans, as journalists, uh, you know, just as people who love college football, you're watching a game and, you know, and you, you can think that that was not the right call at that time. You can think, as I did, that you've got to give Jalen Milrow an option there. You've got to give him an option to use his legs or his arm rather than have a predetermined um, run play, as they called. But that doesn't mean that Tommy Reese didn't do a terrific job as the season went on. It didn't mean that he called... Uh, and made, made so many terrific calls, particularly as he got to know Jalen Milrow and he got to know the players and their abilities and their shortcomings. Uh, you know, he, he, that doesn't erase the great job he did throughout the season getting better and better. It doesn't erase the job Jalen Milrow did throughout the season getting better and better. You faced what may have been the best defense in the country. And 
they were better than you uh, in critical situations, including the most critical situation of the year. I think Dad made a great point when we uh, just talked about, obviously everybody appreciates Will Riker, but the pressure uh, kicks that he made in that oh. game. Oh. Uh, they're, unbe- just ex- they're expected. Unbelievable. Uh, the fact that, and I know Alabama's not like this, that any starting kicker, it ought to be an NCAA rule, Kevin. You ought to be on full scholarship. For these guys to be preferred walk-ons and stuff like that at these important positions like that, Yeah, uh, they should have a scholarship. They are so important. Uh, what a career this this young man had. I know he hated for it to end that way. And I looked at his interview there, and he said this was he's been here five years, and this was the closest team uh, that he's been on, uh, you know, and – I just wanted to give your give him a shout out and your thoughts about Will Riker. Yeah, and and I, yeah, that that quote jumped out at me as well. And that's where you really feel for for those young men as people, because this was you know we said it, it wasn't Nick Saban's best team in terms of talent, but it may have been his best team in terms of togetherness and leaning on each other, believing in each other, not not quitting on each other, not turning on each other when things didn't go well. And Will Reichard was a big part of that. For him to come back, you know, he's already started his life, if you will. He's, I mean, he's gotten married and, and he's, you know, ready to move on to the next phase of his life. But he came back to that team and to make those kicks that he made yesterday throughout, I mean, he did it throughout the year. He did it throughout his career, but I mean, he may have been at his best yesterday. And, and you're not kick, and I was thinking about this watching the, the second game. I mean, you're kicking, you're not kicking indoors in a controlled environment off of turf. You're kicking outdoors on grass in the Rose Bowl. And, and there were situations that, you know, and this is sometimes a problem late in the year, indoor and outdoor stadiums. It was, it where it can be slick. And the turf's not, not necessarily in great condition every spot on the field. And I, you know, there were guys that, that slipped yesterday in that Rose Bowl. But for him to make, yeah, you, you, he is, uh, he's a credit to, to that program. He was, he elevated that program on and off the field. And he'll, he'll go down in Alabama, Alabama history as one of the best players, um, not to mention one of the best clutch players, not to mention one of the, maybe the best kicker they've ever had. I you know, have, I, uh, I don't like to dislike Texas at all. I like their coach real well. I don't. It doesn't matter about them. But I just didn't want to see them playing for the national championship at home. I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see that Alabama anybody playing. I just didn't. It fell that way, and because of basketball, coaches always think they go get screwed on the road. <laughs> uh, I guess that's natural for me, but uh, I, I didn't want to see that. Well, it seemed like so you, you think it seemed like they had a distinct advantage last night in New Orleans. You know, obviously, so much closer yeah. for Texas fans to get there, the majority of Texas fans, than for the majority of Washington fans. And they seemed like there were a lot more Texas people in the dome. Imagine what it would have been, would have been like in Energy Stadium, as you're saying, in Houston, because there will be obviously there's a lot of ticket exchange. <laughs> there's a lot of ticket sales going on this week. Uh, and, and already has started, I'm sure, you know, Alabama fans, uh, who bought tickets now not necessarily wanting to go. Same thing with Texas fans. So that would have happened had Texas won. 
there would have been a lot of uh, Texas fans buying up tickets at, at probably astronomical prices yeah. to to you know, really give the Longhorns a, a home field or a home state advantage in this case, if you will. They don't play in that stadium, obviously, and they're not from Houston. Uh, Texas A&M is closer geographically, but yeah, it's their home state. So that would have been interesting to see. But, second, yeah. You know, but, you guys will uh, understand this because you've been following athletics so long. I, I was hearing some of the older guys, they were talking about the opt-outs, uh, people opting out. And they said, when we were in college, we all lived in the same dorm together. We were, we were, I would never have thought of walking out of my brothers. We were so close. You know, I think about those guys that lived in Bryant Hall. They spent so much time together. They ate together. They lived together. Where you know, sports has changed so much. Now, these guys live all over the, the city there. They're not as close. So opting out now with the portal and all the different things, I think uh, teams were tighter back then. You had more uh, camaraderie with these guys. That, that made a lot of sense to me because uh, they, they just said, I would never have thought of, we spent too much time together. I would not have left those guys and not played in the bowl games. Uh, just your comment on that, Kevin, and Dad, for that matter. Well, yeah. It's it's easy to say, obviously, and 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 yes, all, all sports have changed tremendously. Um, but you don't, you can't say what you would have done under those conditions because you didn't live or play or work or exist under those conditions. You know, you didn't have social media back then. There's so much. What was it? Um, the phrase you you freeze used after Auburn's um, just abysmal performance in the Music City Bowl. And he, and he didn't restrict it to Auburn, but he called it the disease of me. And that's the world we live in. You know, guys play for, I, I've, I'm thinking of a specific basketball situation, a specific basketball coach and a specific basketball player who made a play early in the season and it went viral. This is in recent times. And the, the play went viral and got over a million hits on social media platforms and he said it's almost as if that player spent the next three weeks trying to duplicate or make a play like that to get that kind of reaction and he instead of making simple plays he would go for the highlight reel play and it was hurting his overall effectiveness that's the world we live in where you know guys want to have that viral moment they want to make that one-handed catch uh, they want to throw down that dunk whatever it might be or get that chase down block, the things that make sports centers top 10, the things that do go viral on social media. Well, you didn't have any of that back in the day. So we were in, in a, in a sense, you know, we were luckier than our children in that way because we didn't have those distractions. You know, we didn't, we stayed outside and played until the dark or afterwards until mom came and rounded us up. <laughs> it's time for dinner, whatever it might be. Uh, it's a different world, and you can say, well, you know, back in my day, we would, no, you don't know, because we didn't have those things to deal with. Fortunately, in a lot of cases, we were lucky that we didn't, because it made it easier to focus on the things that mattered. We didn't have as many distractions. So, but it is different. It's a different world. Um, that's why it's special, as Will Reichert said, that's why it's special when you find a bunch of guys that do put, put the individual aside for the greater good of the team. That's why when Georgia has most of its team there, even though they had opt-outs, they had guys uh, in the transfer portal, but when that, you know, and they didn't have anything to play for or anything to prove, 
but they showed up and they played. And and it was embarrassing for Florida State what happened in that game. Yeah, I uh I wanna ask you too about Hugh Freeze. I think Hugh Freeze has got to stop saying certain things in the media. I, I think it's a I think he uh this last boat well, I'll spend I was spending all my time on recruiting and not on the game plan. What? He, and he just says stuff like, to me, that's a bad look. If that's true, don't say it, <laughs> that you didn't, mm. you weren't spending. There's, yeah. there's enough time to do it all, uh, to be quite honest with you. I think, <laughs> I think his, he's starting to turn me off a little bit with his answers, you know, uh, about play calling and this, that, and the other. But when he said that, that he didn't spend as much time with the game plan as he had, he put it all his emphasis into recruiting. I don't know. I thought it was a bad look, personally. Am I? Oh, what do you think? No, you're spot, you are spot on, Barry. And it's something, it's something that it goes back to social media. And I, I've told my, my sons this from the time they were young. You don't have to share every thought yeah. you have, every minute that you have it yeah. with the entire world. For example, I don't care what you had for lunch today. You don't have to show me a picture on Facebook or Instagram. Or I don't really care. I mean, I, I'm glad you enjoyed your lunch and you ate at some fancy restaurant and you had this dish that was to die for. I don't really care. Nice. I'm, I'm happy for you. But, you know, keep it to yourself. And so, you know, it's uh, – and that his, his oversharing, I think, is the word that might, might apply here to you, Freeze. He is overshared all year long. Yes. And I think it is a bad look for him. It makes him look, first of all, it makes you look like you're throwing others under the bus. Yes. That's never a good look on a team. You're talking about a team. What brings the team together? One thing that'll pull a team apart is when things go well, I still remember, you guys will remember, I think it was at his Monday press conference after they, they squeaked by Cal, him being asked about play calling. And he said, well, you know, I called two plays. One of them was the winning touchdown. Pass. Yeah. Yes. And, and yet, when things don't go well, oh, well, I didn't really have much to do with the game plan. That was the offensive staff. Yeah. And I didn't really, and then, and then to compound it to say, you know, I didn't really like the plan or we didn't run enough RPOs or are you not the head coach? Do you, are you not the ultimate decision maker on, on what you do, especially when offense is your specialty? I mean, come on. It, it's not a good look. It is. I, I think it is, it has become more and more apparent to, uh, even Auburn fans are not thrilled with some of the things they hear from him. They're certainly not thrilled with when you have that kind of performance in, in that game, when you have the kind of performance they had against the, the no-show performance virtually against New Mexico State. You know, when you contrast that in the way they played Alabama, the way they played Georgia, you know, that that's not a good look. And, and any Auburn fan, I, that's why I wrote the column I wrote that, was in the lead on Monday. If you think that just because they signed the number seven recruiting class in America that all of a sudden they're going to make the turn, turn around that Alabama made in year two under Nick Saban, I think you're being overly optimistic to be polite. Dad, I want to get your opinion. I, I think this, I'm starting to think this job might be too big for him. Uh, when I start hearing the things that he says, uh, he takes credit and then he tries to throw the blame. I don't know, Dad, what are your thoughts on what Hugh Free? I don't think he's... I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like well, that. I, I think the jury's still out on him. I think the one thing he has tried to do and he has done is do a good job in organizing the recruiting. Yeah. I'm not so sure that he's done a good job in handling his coaches as far as getting ready for the game. Um, Nick Saban listens a lot to what the coaches do preparation wise and throws his in their meetings, in the defensive meetings and in the offensive meetings. 
He doesn't say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. He listens to the offensive and defensive people and gets on board with them or gets away from them. Uh, I, I don't, I, for me, as far as getting there and coaching the team, uh, I think the jury's still out. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's well said. I think he has not shown that he is in control of the overall program this year. And he has also seemed terribly uncomfortable in that role. You know, he's, he's been away from the SEC for a while. The SEC is much different now even than it was a decade ago when he was at Ole Miss. And Liberty is a far cry from the SEC. So he just seems uncomfortable to me. And he, again, he's played Hamlet all year long with play calling, you know, to be or not to be the play caller, you know, that's cool. Publicly, as you said, Barry, you don't have to share everything publicly that's going on privately, but he has done that, and, and I think overall to his detriment. Yeah, I think he's got to get uh, somebody, either his SID or somebody got to pull him aside and say, Coach, uh, we don't have to share. Like, somebody needs to help him, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, because John Cohen, really, I, I, I think, and I would be surprised if John didn't do this, knowing him, that, you know, pull, pull him, you know, in the off season, And that's something you should do anyway as an AD, right, with yeah, your head coach. Sure. Just really download the season. Give him, give him a chance to unwind after it ends. But at some point, you really should sit down with your every AD, and, prob- and probably most do, if not all. You should sit down and say, okay, let's go, you know, how did, what do you think about what you did well? What can we do differently? What can you do differently? And make some suggestions like that, some constructive suggestions. Look, you're better off keeping some things within, you know, keep it within the team. Keep it to yourself, and it'll be better off for the group overall. Uh, they can, they can, the one thing they can do, and I know a little bit about it more than I talk, uh, is they can outbid you. Uh, they can outbid you on players. He hasn't had that situation ever. Uh, Ole Miss had, had none even have close to the money that, that can outbid you the way he can. Uh, Ole Miss has done a good job of getting people over there, but, um, you know, he's got an opportunity to have great players if, if, if he has a staff that, I think, I think the head coach being tough and you being a little bit, I, the word's not afraid of him, but don't like particularly to see him coming down the hall. I, that's, that's what I, that's what I want. Yeah, I just don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't like, the, yeah. I don't like that he, to me, he criticizes his staff publicly. He don't call them out by name, but you never hear Nick Saban blame other people for things. And I just don't like the way he does that. All right, Ken. Well, think about it. Well, Barry, just quickly think about yesterday. You know, what was it Nick said after the game? Tommy, he said, you know, when he was discussing that final play, and he said Tommy really believed that a straight run or a power run, however he phrased it, was, was the best play in that situation after they decided to make a change, you know, the, after the timeout. But when Nick Saban says that, you better believe Nick Saban was fully on board with that call sure. in that situation. No. He, and he, yeah. first of all, he's aware of the call yeah, because he's in, aware of everything that's happening within his team as much as possible. Uh, so he, he endorsed it. He didn't hear it on the headset and say, I don't know about that, but let it go. Now, maybe he, maybe he was 50-50 on another call and, and thought, well, I'm going to defer to Tommy in that sense, but if he didn't like the call, they wouldn't have run that play. Yeah. Well, you've you, you got a situation, too. If he doesn't run it and, some, and they don't make it, everybody in America saying, why don't they give the ball to the quarterback? He's been running it, you know. That, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like one of the Michigan people said, one of their players, that he's their best player. 
He's their most dynamic playmaker. Or if the ball's going to be in his hands, he's going to he's going to make it either either just a straight run or he's going to have to make a decision on an RPO. So yeah, I mean he it's going to be it's, it comes down to him <laughs> eventually. But but again, just the way Nick Saban discussed that after the game, he didn't throw Tommy Reese under the bus. He, he just said that's what you know he he had confidence in him. And he also had confidence in Jalen because that's look Jalen's development is why they got there as much as anything. So again, one play doesn't change all of that, but we all overreact in those situations. Sure. And uh, he, in would, the and he would never say, you know, what? Well, I just didn't recruit as well because I was getting ready for the playoffs. Like he'd stay up. Oh till, my god, he'd stay up till three in the morning. Whatever he had to do, he'd do it. He would never leave any stone unturned. All right, Kevin, tell yeah. anybody where they can uh, find all your great stuff. Yeah, hopefully we'll have, everyone will have a great new year and hopefully we'll get more and more people reading the lead. You can go to Birmingham lead, L-E-D-E dot com. I have a column there every Monday. And then also I have a weekly Thursday newsletter called Scarbo Nose and you can get that through AL.com slash sports. It's uh, basically four or five or more, depending on how, uh, rambunctious I am that week, mini columns and you can subscribe that. They're both subscription products. Uh, about five bucks a month. But if you subscribe to my newsletter, if you're just interested in my stuff, there's a lot of other good stuff in the lead. But if you're just interested in my stuff, you can subscribe to my newsletter and you'll get all the columns that I do right for the lead. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have all a great right, week. Uh, we went along there with Kevin. It was uh, good stuff. So uh, we'll take this break here. We're on Think Yellowwood. Great Southern Wood. You're going to build that fence, the deck, the pergola you want to build to last. Only one choice. Go to yellowwood.com. Put your zip code in. You can find the dealer that is closer to you and always remember if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, you don't want to. We'll open the phone lines 205-342-9904. Also get Doug Bell in at 815. That's the Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tune in to talk. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In college football, we had two national semifinal games at the Rose Bowl. Michigan holds off Alabama 27-20 in overtime. Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow was stopped on a fourth down run at the three-yard line. That ended the game. That was after running back Blake Corum for Michigan scored on a 17-yard touchdown run to open up the overtime. Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy had three touchdown passes, including the game tire with a minute 34 to go. At the Sugar Bowl, Washington beat Texas 37-31. Texas quarterback Quinn Hewers had a pass broken up in the end zone of the final play of the game from the 13-yard line. Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., 430 yards passing, two touchdowns, including a couple of short touchdown runs that uh, Dylan Johnson made after some long passes. So next Monday, college football national title game, number one, 14 and 0 Michigan versus number two, 14 and 0 Washington. Also, bowl wins on Monday for Oregon, Tennessee, and LSU. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9 Traffic. 
Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We're seeing an eight-minute drive both directions on 2059 between the 359 interchange and Skyland Boulevard. No big problems on 359 either. Just a couple of minutes if you're traveling from I-20 up to 15th Street. Very quiet ride on the accident front as well without much dotting the board. As we move along for what for many of you is the first drive in of the new year. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. All state insurance agent, oh, Andrew Kniffer. Andrew's my agent. Let him become yours. Out at 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Norport. Give he and staff a call, 205-722-9201. Let them run a quote for you. Looking for home, life, auto, whatever you need there, these guys will take great, great care of you. Once again, 205-722-9201. I imagine uh, these are the toughest press conferences uh, to do, uh, Coach Saban after the, uh, heart gut wrenching loss, uh, last night. Here was his opening statement out in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, well, um, obviously we're very disappointed about the outcome of the game. Uh, I don't think we played great in the first half, but I was really, really proud of the way our players played in the second half. We just didn't finish the last four minutes of the game. Uh, like we'd like to, and we're all very disappointed, and the players are disappointed as well. Um, but one thing that I told them in the locker room after the game, this is one of the most amazing seasons in Alabama football history in terms of where this team came from, what they were able to accomplish, and what they were able to do, uh, winning the SEC championship, and um, really, really proud of this group. And um, you know, I just wish that I could have done more as a coach to you know, help them be successful and help them finish. And all we can do now is learn from the lessons that uh, sometimes failings bring to us. Uh, just your thoughts there. Like, well, you know, it's, a t- it's a tough time. Yeah. It's a tough time to say. And Coach does a good job of I, I couldn't have done that. But if I'd been playing for the national championship, Final Four and lost, I, I'd have had a hard time with that. But uh, he does a great job and do it the very best he can as, as his wife said he didn't. He had he had no interest in watching the second game, but anything to that. But he, uh, I don't know if they came back last night or not. But uh, it was uh, very, very hard to get up there to think that you're, you know, just so close with a seven point lead late in the game uh, to, to to have to do that. Yeah. My hats off to him. I, I, he just he just handles it handles things the right way. Yeah, he does. All right. Uh... He talked about this as uh, one of the best teams he's ever coached, even though they didn't win the title. You know, certain teams are special uh, to you. Uh, I think this one is. Here's what he had to say about that. Well, I, I just think that, you know, I don't look at it necessarily from winning and losing. You won the championship. You didn't win the championship. You know, as a coach, you're always trying to get your team to improve and be the best that they can be. And I think this team probably improved from uh, the South Florida game and the Texas game early in the season as much as any team I've ever coached. 
And that takes a lot of hard work, a lot of people being very committed to doing things that they need to do to self-assess and improve their game. And uh, all these players bought in on this team and did it um, in first-class fashion. So uh, that's why I think, for me as a coach, maybe not for everybody else, it's one of the teams that I always remember most and be the most proud of. All right, uh, let's go. Uh, let's hear what Coach said on the you know the last play of the game. Going to get uh, obviously scrutinized. Uh, here's what Coach said about that. Uh, we called three plays. Um, one they called timeout. One we called timeout, and the last one that didn't work. So the fact that it didn't work made it a really bad call. You know what I mean? So um, but we called timeout because we had a bad look. We had a good look on the first one. Uh, they must have known it. Um, but Tommy just felt like the best thing that we could do uh, was have a quarterback run, uh, which was kind of our two-point play, one of our two-point plays for this game. And the ball was on the three-yard line, which is just like a two-point play. So... But we didn't get it blocked, so it didn't work. We didn't execute it very well, and it didn't work. And they pressured, and we thought they would pressure, uh, but we thought we could gap them and block, block them and make it work, and it didn't. Well, the, the timeout by Michigan was one of the big timeouts in the history of Michigan football. I think I think if the scheme was the way Tommy and them wanted it, I'm sure it was, it's to score. That timeout uh, sort of, you know, put Alabama in a situation where they got to call a timeout now after they see it, Michigan moving stuff around. So, huge timeout by Michigan. Yeah. Uh, I thought what their coordinator said was interesting. You have your best play. If I call a timeout, you might change it. Uh, in a situation like that, if you really believe that's your best play, uh, whatever it was, do you stick with it or do you, would you change it? Well, those are, well, those are pressure. Decisions that you have to make on the fly, uh, right there. Uh, that, they're the technical decisions, yeah. They're, yeah. Te- they're very technical, and the technical people they know what they what they want to do. They know where the gaps are, where sure. the gaps are not going to be, and and uh, the timeout. Michigan saw it, did not like their their situation defensively against Alabama, and called a timeout, big timeout. Yeah. All right, let's hear from Jalen Milrow what he said he he saw in the last play. You know, first thing, I'm appreciative of my coaching staff um, for believing in me to have the ball in my hands in that last play. Um, you win some, you lose some. This is all part of the game, you know. Uh, with anything, you know, all it, all it came down was ball basket level of training, and we just failed in that play. That's all it was, you know, because at the end of the day, I just trusted the guys up front for believing me on the last play to have the ball, and unfortunately, we just we just missed, and we just didn't get in the end zone. Uh, very mature answer. Yeah, they didn't block it. Yeah, he didn't block. Uh, and the snap wasn't great. Uh, so I don't know if he was, if he looked down, uh, you hear quarterbacks say, if I have to look down I have to, and I take my eyes off the field, I can't see what's happening because I'm looking down to make sure I catch, uh, the snap. He just takes off up the middle. Maybe he was supposed to punch it to the left, uh, there. But, uh, like you said, that first timeout Michigan called, um, uh, got Alabama out of that play. Uh, so. Uh, let's hear one more and then we'll get to break. Uh, let's hear what Melrow had to say on the, uh, center quarterback exchange, which seemed to be a problem not only last night, but all season. 
With anything, it takes preparation, whether it's pass protection, whether it's running game, the passing game. Um, you know, the quarterback and the center have to have a great relationship, and that's something that we try to build um, throughout the whole season. Um, so, you know, there's a multitude of things that me and Steph talk about, and uh, in that regard, you know, that's something we do talk about. All right, uh, lastly, play one more on the special teams uh, and mistakes during the game. And uh, Michigan made some, uh, obviously, in Alabama. Almost got to capitalize on that one. They just sort of kept them pent down there, but they got out of there. But uh, here, here's what they had said about the special teams. I think special teams did a good job tonight. We did a good job of controlling field position. Uh, I think both specialists uh, did a really, really good job. James did a great job of punting. Uh, they had time to maybe go two minutes at the end of the game. And the fact that he kicked the ball to the two-yard line or one-yard line or whatever uh, was really, really good. Will made some huge kicks, um, what, 250, around 50-yard field goals. Um, so they missed a field goal, which put us in great position to have a chance to be successful at the end of the game. But uh, us not finishing a couple drives, and if you really analyze the game, one of the biggest things is, is we didn't play well enough on defense when we needed to. And the second thing is, is we had too many drive-stopping plays on offense. I mean, we shot ourselves in the foot. Sack is a drive-stopping play. Getting a penalty usually is a drive-stopping play. So um, some of those things we self-inflicted. And, you know, I told the players after the game, I told them before the game it's going to be about what we do. And when you look back at it, it's, it's kind of about what we did and what we didn't do. Um, not taking anything away from Michigan. They played a great game. They got a good team. They're very well coached. And I uh, wish them the best of luck in the future. But, you know, we could have done things a little better as well. And that's on me, on the coaches. It's not anybody else. All right. Uh, oh, very good there. Yes. Uh, very good. All right. Uh, we'll take this break. We'll get Doug Bell in. Uh, I think Doug was out there as well and kind of get the vibe of I heard people say that's a terrible place to go to a game. Uh, this, um, the bathrooms, concessions, people just say it's awful. Uh, but the, the view is great, but, uh, they don't really like the Rose Bowl. So outside of that, Barry, outside of that huge crowd, boy, there were, there, there were really a lot of empty seats at the uh, other bowl games. Yeah. And that, uh, Nobody uh, to Music City wasn't anybody there. I wanted to watch that uh, Tennessee quarterback, and he impressed me. Uh, he's pretty good. Uh, yes, he is. Pretty good. All right, we'll take uh, this break. We'll get Doug in. You're just a Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky today, Tuscaloosa's high 51. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 32. Tomorrow, cloudy and colder. Some light rain at times during the day, the high 42. And for Thursday, mostly sunny, the high 51. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 30 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. We go right up to the Yellowwood Hotline. I think he's out in Pasadena. He's with PGA Tour Radio, PGA Tour Live, CBS Sports, out in I guess he was out in Pasadena at the big game. Doug Bell. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Hey, Doug. 
New Year. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. Are you in Cali? I am. You know, um, we were going to fly out a little earlier. I ended up just not flying out till yesterday morning. And we, I, I, I will tell you, with traffic and everything, we made it before kickoff, but not by much. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> saw some people that were out there uh, that were very critical of to the, the view and all is great out there, but it's like they don't know how to put on a big-time event at the Rose Bowl. Uh, talk about the stadium there and what, what your impressions were. Uh, well, you know, the, the set, you know, I'm a, like you guys, I'm a sports fan and the history is incredible and it's fun to be here. Uh, and it is a great setting, uh, aesthetically with the mountains and the whole bit and the weather was fantastic. Uh, but it is kind of, you know, it's a logistic nightmare. It's an older stadium, uh, and where it's located, it's just tough to get to. And the, uh, the local law enforcement, you know, they cut off certain thoroughfares. Uh, for security reasons. So there's really only a couple of ways in and a couple of ways out. So it, it takes some time. You have to be very patient and the parking is, you know, it's, it's an old time stadium. So your parking is kind of questionable, but, but nevertheless, um, it, it was fun to be here. Uh, it was a fantastic finish and, you know, it's, it wasn't, you know, I was planning on going to Houston next week, guys, but I, I guess I'll be home watching basketball or and talk a little golf. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. That. Uh, anything in particular um, that our fans would like to know as you as you fly in there and try to get to the game? Anything quite different? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, a friend of mine, you know, took care of our our travel, and uh, he changed the days on us, and so that's why we came out on game day. And and he warned us: listen, when we get guys, when we finally get there, just be patient because once we get in the uh, the rental car, et cetera. Uh, he goes, it's gonna, it's gonna be several hours till we get to the stadium. And he was right on. I mean, he was right on, you know. And it was just one of those things that was kind of like, he warned us, uh, but, but it, it, it worked out. And, and obviously, you know, I will say this too. I, I, uh, and Alabama fans were there, but boy, the Michigan fans were, uh, they were everywhere. I mean, that was, this is kind of their time. You kind of get that feeling. They, they feel this is their, their special team. And man, were there a lot of Michigan fans there! It was it was really a sight to behold. I will say, Alabama fans were certainly making noise uh, when they went up by seven on the Will Riker field goal, and and then when Michigan had that fourth and two, what with about three minutes to go, and decided to go for it. I mean, it was exciting, guys. It really was. It was fun to be here, and everybody was on their feet, and uh, it was just it really was a uh, you know you hate to use the word classic, but it really was a classic college football game. It was it was great fun. Well, I bet I bet you fifty dollars to a donut if you had to do it over you wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> <You said. laughs> Probably. Uh, did y'all look at each other and say, "Was that worth it?" Uh, uh, now now we got to fly back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, you're right. I mean, obviously, um, and, and Brandy was looking at me. She was very disappointed. You know, in the outcome. She went to the University of Alabama, and I kept I kept emphasizing, "Hey, remember." Fourth and thirty-one. Remember Georgia, yeah, yeah. And she was like, "Well, yeah, that's great, but uh, yeah, she was disappointed in the outcome of the game." So, um, you know, yeah, no. Uh, in retrospect, maybe just watch this one on TV next time. <laughs> yeah, well, I split. I split my blue plates. I, yeah, I got well, to Tennessee. But what'd you do? Well, we uh, I had Tennessee. Remember last week we I had Tennessee. Copied off my paper. Yeah, the only thing that's confusing is Doug. Um, <laughs> I'm about to get Justin. Is you you hit the Tennessee game? You took Georgia yeah. minus twenty. 
You got yep. that one. Uh, he had you down Clemson minus three. Uh, is that <laughs> is that was it a three and a half or three? Uh, three. <laughs> so that's it. You got to push, right? Yes. So yes. You're, so you're I mean, that, two and two. You won two. You didn't lose. <laughs> hey, listen, I finished strong, guys. You know, I'm a closer. That's all I got to say. I'm a closer. Yeah. You're a closer. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did it look like to you uh, early in that game, maybe the, the Michigan staff had out-schemed Alabama. Uh, defensively, they were all over us. So we didn't know where the rush was coming. Uh, when they got the ball, they took it right down the field. You're like, whoa, this is going to be a long uh, long day there. How did it look to you in the stadium there, Doug? Well, you know, remember Georgia took the opening kickoff in the SEC championship yeah. and did the same thing. Yeah. And then adjust, adjustments were made. Um, I just, you know, I, I was amazed as I looked at those final stats um, that Alabama only threw for 116 yards. I uh, just, it, it was crazy. And Isaiah Bond, what did he catch? Four passes for like 40 yards. Yeah. So Michigan, give Michigan's defense a lot of credit. You know, Jalen Milrow, um, I mean, he was averaging over 10 yards a pass completion and, and last night about half of that. So I, I don't know. I was very, very impressed with Michigan's defense. Um, and I thought they, uh, listen, they, those kids are, are, it's a really, really good Michigan football team. And so, um, and Alabama had the opportunity. I know a lot of people are, were down on the, uh, the final play call there which in essence was a two-point conversion play from the three-yard line. Uh, but I, I think I think what uh, we'll find out is that, that uh, Jalen had options. You know, he, he as the quarterback, I mean, he had a pass option. He had a run-wide option. He saw something up the middle. He's a, he's a heck of an athlete, and it just closed quickly. And, again, that goes back to what you said, Barry. The Michigan defense just was – they were outstanding. They really, really were. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who's the most accurate, me or Will or Will Rackard. I, 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 I ended up eleven and five. Yeah, I think <laughs> Will's a little more accurate. Than well, that. that, let's give the let's, let's give a Doug's uh, ending deal. What is it, Barry? Uh, I don't even know. I think Doug was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eleven and five is pretty good. I don't get it. Barry doesn't praise me. Nobody praises me. I think Doug was if he was he was around sixteen or seventeen wins and thirty two losses, something like that. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) okay, it wasn't a great season, but hey, Uh, there's always next year, right? And there's always the national championship game. Uh, Michigan's a four and a half point favorite, so yeah. Um, you think uh, any? Thoughts with Coach hanging it up, or is that no way after that game, Doug? Well, I, I don't think that was ever a, uh, a thought question, yeah, uh, sure. even before the game. Yeah, I, I know a lot of, you know, the social media goes crazy, right? You, you don't know what to believe. Well, Jim leaving? Harbaugh's leaving? Well, I, I think the Harbaugh thing is more realistic, yeah. And uh, I noticed where, you know, before they went out to California, you know, he, he had no agent. He, he has a lawyer who looks over the verbiage of contracts, but he handles it all by himself. And then before the team left for Pasadena, uh, Sean Payton, the coach of the Broncos, um, hooked up with Harbaugh and Sean Payton's agent is now Jim Harbaugh's agent, which lent me to believe that, uh, they're kind of deciphering which contract, whether it's the San Diego Chargers or whether he's going to stay in Michigan. And I would let, I, I would think, San Diego's got great weather. 
Yeah, I would think it's more realistic that it is, especially if they win. But I win or lose, you know, he's turned the program around. He's been there a long time, Jim Harbaugh, and, and I think he's probably headed back to the uh, the NFL. And you know, when you think about his career, guys, I mean, think about what he has done uh, at Stanford. He completely turned the Stanford football program around. I mean, USC was the dominant program, and then suddenly, at the end of his tenure there at Stanford. Uh, I mean, they, they were beating USC, I mean, hammering those Pete Carroll USC teams. And then he goes to the 49ers, and they played in three consecutive NFC, NFC championship game, Lose to, loses to his brother in that crazy Super Bowl in New Orleans where the lights went out in the Superdome, and then now has resurrected a Michigan program. So, uh, I mean, listen, you got to give the devil his due. Uh, pretty impressive resume. He is a quirky guy. You know, very unusual in those interview settings, and some of the things that he says are, are somewhat head scratching comments. But but you got to give him a lot of credit. He's he's one heck of a coach. And and to think, guys, you know, he he was suspended the first three games, the last three games. I mean, Michigan has won just a few more uh, games, you know, without him. Uh, it's pretty pretty remarkable season that Michigan is putting together, and now they're one win away from a national championship. Will you give us uh, just a quick, not a quick, but a, a rundown on, on, on golf? I know it's yeah, Cantley, Cantley, it's one of them is staying with it, P.J. Cantley, I believe it is. Um, yeah, you know, the first uh, tournament starts Thursday in Maui, the Century Tournament of Champions. There's going to be okay. 47 guys playing. You're not uh, going. The defending cha- yeah, no, no, I'm not working Hawaii. I'll, I'll start. My first tournament will be the American Express in Palm Springs in three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. I will be doing some reports from home for CBS Sports HQ. But John Rahm, the defending champion, obviously is now a live guy, so he is not going to be there. Rory McIlroy uh, never makes the Hawaii trip. Uh, but nevertheless, and Justin Thomas did not qualify for the Century Tournament Champions, so there's three big names that won't be there. Lee Hodges, University of Alabama guy uh, who won in Minneapolis the 3M Open, he will be there for the very first time, uh, Lee Hodges. So that that's kind of a cool deal. Uh, but, yeah, no, the season starts, and it's it's no longer a carryover season. Remember before, you would have those fall tournaments, uh, which would carry over to now. But now this is the official start of the PGA Tour season. And so it'll be a lot of fun. And and they'll play Maui. They'll play Honolulu, just like they always do. And then they come to the uh, the mainland. And it was announced uh, a couple of days ago that the, the negotiations between the PGA Tour and Live for some sort of an agreement has been extended and we thought that you know we talked about that when i was on with you guys last week that they they push forward the negotiations and both parties have agreed you just keep negotiating so that's where we are with the pga tour lift thing but uh, it's exciting for me you know i I cover a lot of golf obviously and and the season now uh begins in hawaii which is always a funny time guys because here we are last week of the regular season in the nfl uh, segues right into the playoffs. We have college football's national championship next Monday. College basketball now starts getting hot and heavy with conference action, and golf always kind of gets put on the back burner. Uh, but it'll but the season officially starts this week. When are you flying back, Doug? Uh, just shortly after I get off with you guys, uh, I'll be headed back, and um, you know, it'll be good to get back home. I know I know the weather was getting a little chilly when I left. And, but, uh, no, it's always good to be back home, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, again, 
you know, that's what I do full time basically is the golfing guys. And I'm looking forward to this season. Uh, even though you don't have John Rahm, uh, you know, the fun thing about it, here we go. And guys, the Masters is just a couple of months away. It's in April. So, and they're already running the promos on CBS Sports. Looking forward to the Masters. So, here we go, guys. Golf is here. How long is it going to take you to get to the airport, Doug? <laughs> oh, I give myself about an hour and a half. Doesn't that, Dad, doesn't that sound miserable to get, oh, get to that airport? Yeah. You're going to yeah. get there and that line is going to yeah. be. Of course, yeah. Doug's probably got, he flies so much. He's probably, you don't have to stand in line, do you, Doug? You oh, no, I, I, I stand in line. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm right there with everybody else. So the only thing I don't do, I never check a bag. Uh, I just do a carry on. So that saves me from having to go to the counter. Etc. And I've always done that. People are always amazed, like, where's your luggage? I'm like, I got it on my shoulder. That's all. I'm oh, good to go. And you have to go through yeah. security. Where are, you, yeah. where are you flying through, Doug? Uh, I will fly from here to Atlanta. Okay, not bad. Atlanta home. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a long flight, but um, it's not bad. It'll be a full flight. I mean, uh, I mean, a lot of people are still traveling from the holidays. You so. some sad Alabama and, fans on that plane. Oh, yeah, very sad, but... Uh, again, golly, I, and I keep emphasizing this, and, you know, we talked to hundreds of people last night, and everybody is, uh, uh, you know, you get caught in the moment, right? But what a season when you think about it, guys, where they were when they lost to Texas. And and then when you think about all the exciting comebacks in the second half, fourth and 31, you beat Georgia, the number one team in the country. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, seems like a pretty – Seems like a pretty memorable season. I know it didn't end like everybody wanted, but pretty memorable season. A lot of these kids, including the quarterback, are going to be back next year. Yep. It's going to be fun. We'll see what – uh, And Coach Saban will be back. Yeah. There will be a lot of news this week about Portal and who's leaving, who's staying yeah. and all that. So uh, buckle up. Uh, yeah. Doug, have a safe trip. We'll talk to you next all week. Right, Doug. Mer- uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Doug. <laughs> see you. Bye-bye. That just sounds miserable to be out there. Would you <laughs> – I don't think you could have paid me to go out there. Well, you can, and you can sit in your living room and go to the restroom when you want to and watch it full, full. Well, I mean, somebody was saying that stadium, like you ha- you go down to the restroom and if the line's too long for security reasons, the security makes you go back to your seat. That is yep. uh, like the lines for the concession. Somebody said the restroom was outside, like you have to go outside the stadium. Or Did something. you see that TV stuff too? Oh, too, uh, 206 was good, but they had no, they had another channel where they were just had half the field people announcing about the game. I didn't like that. No. I think one had Alabama's broadcast. Yeah, SEC Network had uh, Chris Stewart, and then I think, Coach, you're talking about the ESPN2, which was Pat uh, McAfee and Tim Tebow on the field uh, uh, kind of calling the game. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, who's going to really watch that? What are they doing? Uh, I guess figure they ain't going to watch anything else. So um, Anyway, I know something about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Prince Glover and Hayes, outstanding attorneys and attorneys that know the law, know the changes in the law, very successful. Uh, if you have a problem with an injury, that injury could have been avoided. Uh, somebody came asked you, uh, even, uh, mad, but, uh, just ridiculous stuff that you don't know how to handle. And Prince Glover and Hayes, the people who visit with, three, four, five, one, two, three, four. They'll represent you in the right way. They've been so successful. And, uh, if you have a problem doing all this holiday stuff and you're confused, call them again. Go by 701 Rice Mine Road. 
and they will visit with you in person. Three four five one two three four. PrinceLaw.net is the website. I always remember, if they don't win, you don't pay. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We're still looking at our accident on southbound Highway 69, a little past Skyland Boulevard. The vehicles are on the shoulder, though. No lanes blocked, and we are noting any backup in the area. If you're traveling McFarland Boulevard from uh, the Coker area into Tuscaloosa, Lurling Wallace and down to the I-20 interchange, no big problems there. And with U of A still on semester break, there's very little campus traffic either. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Hey. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play, and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go. Welcome back to Inside the Locker of Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. Look at the new inventory, the Use inventory. You can schedule service right there. They've been hot uh, in December selling cars, and uh, they want to get off to a great start here in the new year in January. Swing by Skyland Boulevard. See Justin, David DeSantis, and tell them you heard it on Inside the Locker Room, Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. I I, uh, I want to say something to our listeners. I know we have a lot of listeners that uh, are really loyal listeners and listen to us a lot. Certainly, if you if you know people that want it, uh, maybe a little out out of the range a little bit, you can get on the app, uh, 100.9. The it says the tide, and it's very easy to get it regardless of wherever you go. I wanted all of our listeners to remember that. And the other thing I'd like to mention to you, um, you know, we're going through a period of time where, you know, New Year starting. We need we need very badly to to get some people that would would uh, advertise on our show. We need we need some people that would be willing to. We'll we'll do it either way that you want it done. Uh, we'll let you send the script, and Barry and I will will let the script go and, and let it go. Whatever you say, or I, myself or Barry will will be glad to take the script and talk about it ourselves, and uh, we'll trade with you ourselves. Um, so we need, uh, if you will. And you're listening to the listening to this part of it. I wish you would contact uh, Justin so he could contact Barry. And uh, if you would, uh, we've had a lot of success with people we've advertised for. Uh, it's been really good, but we need some more uh, in order to keep this thing at a two-hour period. We you know, certainly, Barry thanks Yellowwood. I I don't do enough of thanking Yellowwood because if it wasn't for Jimmy, um, you know, we would. St- you know, struggle some, and he's been awfully good to us, and and I appreciate that. So, without belaboring it too much, uh, if you can think of somebody that would be willing to advertise on our show, 
if you like our show well enough for us to be able to continue it, um, I'd appreciate it. All right. Uh, you know, I don't know when Alabama comes back, uh, Justin. I don't know if they flew back last night. Uh, probably not. Uh, they probably flew, you know, get back this morning, uh, or I'll leave this morning heading back. But there'll be a lot of news come out that, uh, you know, I don't think players, I mean, I think they probably have an idea as to who wants to get in the portal, who doesn't. They got to sit down with certain guys and, uh, Dallas Turner's already made his decision. There'll be some other guys that want to get some feedback from the NFL. And I think they'll lean on Coach Saban. I think there's a lot of trust there between player and coach um, as far as his advice on the NFL. Now, they may do what they want to do, but I think Coach will give them uh, all the information, uh, and then they can make the decision. He'll probably give them his opinion on what he thinks they should do, but he'll probably let them make the decision. But there'll be a lot of changes there'll be staff members leave uh, i know that we got the one uh guy going to mississippi state as defense coordinator so this week will be a lot of changes over uh on campus there with this football program uh it's not like these guys can come home and rest uh but they got to sit down almost not with every player but uh with the guys that are making these decisions so it's uh there'll be a it'll, there'll be a lot going on here i think this week with the roster and the coaching staff don't you think yeah, I think so. I think players have things in their mind and uh, um, a little bit more active in their mind after a loss than after a win. Uh, you're not quite as happy about things as you as you have been. That's just human nature. And um, I would I would imagine that position coaches are on top of things for their particular position uh, as far as the players that play for them. And uh, there's always a always will be a recruiting meeting uh, as to see where we are and what we need. A player from um, Southern Cal has announced that he's coming over uh, to Alabama. And uh, there'll be some announcements. There'll be some shocks. There'll be some people that you'll say, you know, I never thought that would happen. And it'll happen everywhere. And then there will be people that uh, the university goes after to try to get. Uh, money is a huge factor because people are looking for two things, uh, playing time and money. Those two factors uh, uh, go into what, what, generally speaking, is is the reason you transfer. Yeah, I got a message here from a buddy. Uh, it says they'll be back at 4 p.m. today. Uh, so I'm sure that process will probably start on the plane, uh, right? Coach will probably, you know, there's – there's some decision. Ty Simpson is a guy that's got to decide. Does he want to come back? Uh, I think he loves it here at Alabama. Um, yeah, I think the media, they had access to all the players. Uh, there was interviews with those guys and they all said the right things. Like, you know, I'm totally bought into this game and helping this team, but I would think he already kind of knows what he's going to do. Uh, there you, you do you expect Ty Simpson to come back or do you think he's, you know, nobody's going to guarantee a guy's starting spot. The guy says, well, I want to go, but I'm only going to go if I'm going to start. I mean, you got to look at their roster there, the quarterbacks, uh, and see what, uh, what's there. Uh, but I don't think there's anybody. I think it's even Shane Beamer said that the guys want me to promise them they're going to be a starter. What do you think ends up happening with a guy like Ty Simpson? I think Ty Simpson, um, and to, to be quite honest with you, I mean, I don't know about him, uh, to be able to 
sit there with your jersey on uh, 12 more games and get in very sparingly uh, is not much fun. Um, uh, you have to put it in. You have to put it in the minds of his father, who's a coach, uh, where things look. And the other problem that you have is that you have a person who has come in from California that there's a lot of talk about uh, how good he is, how he throws it, uh, how he's, you know, I, I, it wouldn't shock me to see when you think about a new quarterback coming in, the other quarterback staying, that, that Ty Simpson didn't move on. But I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Justin, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I, I guess... You got Dylan Lonergan there. Uh, he's saying he doesn't know if he's going to play baseball or not. You got Julian saying, and you got Milrow. Uh, Milrow is going to be the starter. Uh, you don't put all this time and, and he played as well as he did. Um, Buckner's leaving. That's almost sad to me. And Buckner came here. He's got to come back now, pack all his stuff up, uh, and head back to Notre Dame. Uh, I read some, Things from him and people were very critical of him. Uh, and he, he owned it. He said, Hey, I didn't play well. Uh, but I love being here, you know, but that, that to me is kind of sad. But, uh, what happens in this quarterback room, uh, Justin? I think it's going to be close, but I think Ty Simpson ultimately does come back. I think he's, I think there's a gap between Milrow and Ty Simpson and then the rest of the, the quarterback room. Julian Sand comes in, and yes, he's very talented, but he's going to be, I mean, he's got some reps here and there recently just because he early enrolled, but there's still a, a learning curve that he will have to take before he can actually take hold of the team. And I think Ty Simpson is actually right up there with Milrow as far as talent uh, throwing the ball. So he could leave, and he would probably be very good on a lot of teams that uh, would need a quarterback in the in college right now, but... I think he's kind of bought in, like you said. Uh, I think he sits and then can go and get the starting job after Milrow leaves. And I think Alabama's put a good example of that with Mac Jones recently where he sat behind Jalen, he sat behind Tua, and then he had his one good year and was able to be a first-round champion. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, that I don't know. I don't see him wanting to sit another year. I don't either. Uh, you know, here's the difference in what, what Justin said is that's fine, but all of a sudden they brought in somebody else. And the somebody else is darn good, uh, and somebody else is going to be maybe ahead of him. And he and 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 uh, Ty's, Ty's a good, he's a good player. I, I can't see, you know, I would lean sixty forty percent that he won't stay. And I know nothing on this one. I mean, he can say I love Tuscaloosa, I love yeah. Coach Saban, yeah. but these guys want to play. Sure. And now that you don't have to sit out, uh, if you could look at a situation, you know, I saw where. The quarterback that left Clemson went to Oregon State. Now he's going to Florida State. They have a real need uh, for a starting quarterback uh, there. Now I don't know what everybody's quarterback situation is. And I don't think he wants to transfer down like out of the Power Five. But I, I guess he'd have to look at the rosters and what's the right fit. There's, I mean, you would think maybe Tennessee, but nope, they got that hot shot freshman that they just looked at him. So do you want to go? Where else can you go? <laughs> and you can. You know, that's why I was surprised Hugh Freeze went out there so hard about Peyton Thorne being his guy. Then they played so poorly. Then he backed it up, backed off of that after the game and said it's going to be an open competition. If I were a really, really good quarterback, would Auburn be a place you'd look at? I just don't 
I don't think they got a great option down there right now. I'm not I talking about, I'm not talking about Ty Simpson. I'm talking about any looking at schools in the SEC who need a quarterback. I'd say they need one pretty bad. I think I think they do. I think I think they do too because the one that was a backup is of course is eighty eight and out the gate because because of what they said. You know they were gonna, they thought this guy could really play. That's what Hugh Freeze said. So I think the hottest job in college is maybe Washington after Penix leaves. Yeah. But I don't, the most difficult job. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you look at um, Bo Nix leaving there. But I think Oregon's already got their guy, uh, transfer guy. So it's like these guys want to pick these. Tra- and, you know, Ty Simpson. You don't have a lot of tape on him, so you don't really know what he is. These people that, that are trying to go through. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think it's tough decisions. Uh, for these kids, but when you can transfer and be immediately eligible, uh, I think it's something you have to look at for sure. And they've gotten to look at this Julian Say in a little bit in practice, so they probably have formed their opinions of what they think he's going to eventually be. Uh, is, is he going to be ahead of him or not? And you're talking about, you know, you're rolling the dice. You stay here, and then that guy jumps you. Uh, then you're setting yourself back another year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You're listening to Todd 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. What for many of you is the first drive in of 2024 has been pretty quiet this morning. They have had a handful of mostly minor accidents. One has just cleared. This was on the southbound side of Highway 69 near Skyland Boulevard. Was on the shoulder most of the time anyway, but now it's gone altogether. No backup through the area there. If you're traveling 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale, you're at posted speeds with no problems there. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Tune in to 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky today, Tuscaloosa side 51. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with a low at 32. Tomorrow, cloudy and colder. Some light rain at times during the day, the high 42. And for Thursday, mostly sunny, the high 51. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 30 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. I get right up to the Yellowwood Hotline and we'll bring Tom into the show. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Tom. Morning, Coach. Morning, Bear. How are y'all this morning? We're good. Okay, you okay? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Uh, you know, that game was interesting to me. Uh, I had a whole different picture of Michigan than what they actually were. I think you mentioned that earlier this morning, Barry. But uh, they uh, they were better and they were more athletic than I thought they would be. And I don't know where i come up with that combination, but... Uh, also, uh, you know, everybody that is successful against us is, is the people that have a plan uh, to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand fast. And, uh, and you know, they were able to do that and convert those third downs with those crossing patterns. And I, I don't know that we ever solved any of that. Yeah, I felt like they uh... – they out-schemed us uh, in a lot of situations. Uh, they disguised their pass rush. We had nobody there to block it. I mean, Miro had no chance. And then those fourth down plays, uh, 
they saw something there. And uh, when they ran those plays, not only did they make the first down, I mean, they made uh, big yards on those plays. So uh, they executed. Other than the kicking game, I thought they were uh, pretty darn good execution-wise offensively and defense. They had a tremendous game plan against Alabama. You know, uh, Coach, you mentioned the running back. Uh, I can't think of his name now, but, uh, you know, his, yeah, Blake, his run, Blake Yeah, yeah he, he didn't get 100 yards, but the yards he got were crucial yards. They, they sure were. Timely. Yeah. They were timely. Uh, he hit the hole. But, you know, Tyler Watts, which uh, I think does a really good job on uh, the uh, analytical part of uh, the broadcast. But before the, the the game started, he said the thing you're going to have to watch about this running back from uh, Michigan, not only do they have a really good offensive line, but he is a low center gravity runner, and he's not easy to bring down. And he said he's one of those people, when you hit, you better wrap up and get him to the ground because he's not easy to do that. And that turned out to be a very uh, very smart comment on his part. One of the things uh, during the broadcast, uh, and then we got to get out of here, the Herb Street on that one drive saying that that was not all on the center. What is he talking about? The center made like three bads. That is all on the center. Why, why would he? Why was he saying that? I don't. I don't know what he's drinking anymore, or, or what what's going on with him. I quit listening to him. I don't watch him. Anything. He's so nerve wracking. Uh, I thought Stewart and uh, Tyler did a great job. Uh, that the SEC broadcast the uh, local local uh, radio uh, through their channel, and uh, that was good. It was really good. Tyler Watts is excellent in his job. I didn't know what Herbstreit was talking about. That was not all on the center it was. Thank you, Tom. All right, Tom. See y'all. All right, that's it for today's show. Uh, you can also email us at wimpandberry at yahoo.com. We can come by, visit with you, and uh, help you out with your business there. All right, the Gary Harris Show is next, so keep it locked in here all day long. I'm sure there'll be a lot of football talk today. Let's the Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Have a great day, everybody.